Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. So please take a moment to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us to bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. We've got an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. Some of you may have heard some of this message before if you've been here a while, but many are new. And I wanted to share out of this book today. It's, it's really the story of this house and how God has supernaturally moved at City Life. You know, I was just at our East Lake campus and I was amazed. You know, we have a beautiful piece of property, um, close to 20 acres and 50,000 square foot of buildings on a lake on I-4. If you've never been there, if you live in East Hillsboro, you may want to check that out. And I watched today as the house was full of worshipers and uh, just to see what God is doing there. But you know, in a few weeks, me and Pastor Casey will celebrate 15 years here in Tampa. It's been amazing. And um, just to see the hand of God and the favor of God over the last 15 years. And as we continually walk through doorways and doors that God opens and aligns, it always amazes me what he positions and has on the other side of the door. And I believe this for your life as you are journeying by faith that God is a doorway. I want to speak to you today about the door to more. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 8 says this. Now it happened one day. What if today was that day? Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem and there was a notable woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat. And she said to her husband, look now, I know this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it'll be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. And then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shumanite woman. And when he called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned with us for all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what can be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. She stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you will embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come. When the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. You know, doorways are powerful places in our journey. To arrive into this sanctuary, you had to walk through a door to get into this room to worship. And when you exit, you will leave this room and enter the world in which your gifts that have been activated in this room will be used. You know, the word of God is full of places where we find ourselves moving from glory to glory. From season to season. From Genesis to Revelation, there are illustrations and stories of people that walk through doorways and entered into God's fullness of promise. We find in Genesis chapter 7, there's a man that has built a boat for a generation. He started out as a young man, but now he's a seasoned man. And we found that this boat was almost finished. 
but yet there was no water to float the boat. Have you ever felt like you were walking in vision, but yet there was no provision? You were living out your kingdom assignment, but you did not have all the pieces to fulfill it. The Bible said for a generation, he built a boat, but yet there was no water to float the boat. But the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter seven, it was such a moment in Noah's life that God gives us the year, the day, and the month. He marks this day and chronicles it in the Bible. The Bible said in the 600 day, the second month, in the 17th day of Noah's life, Noah walked through the door of an ark. And the Bible said God closed the door behind him. Now there are some doors you walk through. You need to allow God to close the door on where you've been. Because you keep trying to go back out of them. And God says, I want to close the door so I can take you to a new place. The Bible said when God closed the door after building this boat for a generation, it had never rained on the earth. And when Noah walked through the door, God shut the door behind him. And the Bible said the heavens began to give way with rain. Something that had never happened began to happen. Some doors take us into places that God does in our life what he's never done. And then the Bible said fountains that God had stored in deep places begin to break open. We find in the book of 1 Samuel, there was a shepherd that was all alone in a field. Nobody saw destiny in him, but God saw something because alone he worshiped. And the Bible said in 2 Samuel, he walked through a door. And as he entered the door, on the other side of the door, there was a long-haired prophet named Samuel that held a horn of oil. And when David walked in the door, he walked in a shepherd. But when he left the door, he left a king. One door can change everything in in your life. We find that in Mark chapter 5, Jesus was on a journey with Jairus. And the Bible said the word was this, your daughter is no longer sick. She's now dead. And the Bible said, Jesus just said, keep believing. And the Bible said they got to the house. And when they got to the house, there were two types of people they encountered. The first group were mourning. They were weeping because they believed there was no hope. The second group, they were laughing because when they heard Jesus say, she's not dead, she's only sleeping, the Bible said they ridiculed Jesus. I find there are two people in my journey when I'm getting ready to walk through a, a time and a season of faith where I'm going to a doorway of where I've never been. I find people that have no hope or they do not believe or sometimes I find people that... that, that, that believe that it's silly that I'm even believing for it. But there are some people that you find that are willing to walk through the door with you. And Jesus said, I'll take Peter, James, and John, and I'll take the mother and the father. And the Bible said six of them walked through the door. But here's what you've got to understand. When they walked through the door, Jesus closed the door on the mockers and the scoffers, those that were laughing and those that were crying. Now listen, the Bible said when he closed the door, six went in. But when they walked out of the door, seven came out. And sometimes when you walk through a door, what God brings out of you on the other side is not what you saw go in before you walk through the door. Sometimes you walk through the door hurt, but when you walk out, you're made whole. Sometimes you walk out and there's something that you have been carrying, but when you walk out, you have laid it down and you declare, he that the Son has set free is free indeed. And one doorway in your life can change everything. In the book of Revelation chapter 3, he said, I'm going to open a door. And when you open this door, we'll have fellowship together. And then he tells us, I'm going to open a door that no man can open. I'm going to close doors that no man can shut. And when you understand the power of a doorway, a power of a doorway, in our text that we read today and in our story that we are looking at, we find that there is a couple living through a famine. They are living through a recession. If you begin to read this story in context early in this chapter, there's another mother that comes to 
the, the prophet and she says, me and my two sons are broke. We're, we're, we're in debt. And the creditors are coming to my house to take everything we've got, including my two sons, to work off the debt. Now, what she was really saying is this. If you know anything about Jewish custom, she was a widow. And by law, her sons would be responsible to care for her. They would be her future. And the Bible says that this was what she told the man of God. Not only because of our past, we're in debt in our present, but they're also trying to take our tomorrow. And that's the way the enemy does. He tries to captivate you by where you've been and mess up where you're at and tries to silence where you're going. But the word for her life was this. Do not dwell on what you do not have. Dwell on what you do have. What do you have in the house? She said, a little bit of oil. He said, then here's the word for your life. Go borrow vessels and not a few. Now this word sounded crazy because she just told the man of God that she was in debt. And he said, go borrow vessels. Did you not hear the story I just told you? The creditors are coming to get what I've got. And she simply would say, I'm not good for it. I have no credit. No, you're not, but God is. So go borrow by faith. And the Bible said she borrowed vessels and not a few. And the Bible says when they got into the house, I love what one translation says, when they closed the door, the oil provoked to pour. And the Bible said the oil filled every vessel in the house. And she got so excited, she ran to the man of God, told the man of God what had happened. And this is what he said. He said, now go sell the oil, pay the debt, cancel the debt. And he said, I want you to live the rest of your days on the overflow. There are some of you in this room today that when God takes you to through a door, what you have seems little, but he will multiply it. And when you come out the other side, he's going to press it down and shake it together so it runs over in your life. This whole story is about people walking through a famine. It hadn't rained in almost three years. And now we find that they're living in a fruitless season. And this couple in this season encounters the man of God. He passes by. And, and something happens when he passes by. She, she wants him to come into her home. She wants the man of God that carries the anointing for this hour to visit with them. So she does something. She begins to cook him food. I believe she knew that the way to a man of God's heart was through his stomach. Anybody hungry? And so she began to cook and put out food. And he must have liked it because the Bible said as often as he passed by, he would come in and eat. If you ever discover what attracts the presence of God, just keep doing it. If you ever find out that worship attracts the presence of God, take your worship to another level. Extend your worship. If you ever get the revelation that prayer attracts the presence of God, pray longer and pray more often. If you ever understand that generosity is like a magnet to the things of God, become more generous in your giving, in your serving. He must have liked what he saw because he kept just putting it out. And he kept coming back. And then she said to her husband this. She said, I perceive this is a holy man of God. Perception is the eye of the spirit. It's when you see beyond the now, even if you do not know how it's all going to come together. I can't put it all together, but I know God is doing something. I can't put it all together, but I just sense that God is working. I don't know exactly how he's going to do it all, but I just trust and I sense that he's doing something in our life. It's the eye of the spirit. She looked at her husband and said, I perceive this is a holy man of God. I can't tell you exactly what's happening in this season, but I do know God is up to something. And many of us, we perceive that God is doing something. 
something. We sense God is doing something. But so many believers stop right there. They get in a service like this and they feel God and, and they feel his stirring in their heart and they feel called to greater things, but they never do anything with it. But she said, we're not going to stop at perception. We're going to move to the level of partnership because the Bible tells us that two are greater than one. The Bible says if one can put a thousand to fly and two can put 10,000. Matter of fact, he said, if just a couple gather in my name, I am there. You know, she understood through partnership, anything could be accomplished. First of all, I believe she knew that she needed her husband's giftings, but she also understood he was the set authority of that house. God always works through authority and framework. And if you ever get out of the authority of the kingdom and you are not aligned with the, the, the structure of the kingdom, you find yourself lost and your vision will really never flourish like he's called it to flourish. She said, let's build. Let's partner. Now, here's, here's really where their faith was tested because they've been in a, a famine. They walked through a recession. The portfolio was not overflowing. The advisors were not telling them to invest, but she said, let's invest. Investment in the kingdom is always required. The kingdom, it always costs you. Now, salvation is free, but destiny costs. The things that God has for you will always cost something of you. They will always cost you of denying yourself. They will always cost you an act of obedience. They will always cost you something that is required of you. She said, let's invest. I know it doesn't make sense. I know the checkbook isn't where we need it to be. I know that our financial advisor hasn't told us it's a season to invest, but I believe if we invest in what God is doing, he will work on our behalf. I love what Proverbs chapter 11 verse 25 says, the generous soul will be made rich and who who waters will also be watered himself. He who waters will also be watered himself. She said, I believe if we invest in what God is doing, there is a payoff in our future. And they begin to build. She said, let's build an upper room and not just build it. Let's furnish it. Let's put a bed in there and a table in there and a lampstand. In. Well, I want him to be able to come not only and pass by, but dwell in our house. So they begin to build and they begin to invest and they begin to work in what they perceive God was doing. And the Bible said the man of God that carried the anointing for that day, he showed up in the house. And he began to dwell there. And the longer he dwelled there, the more the atmosphere of the house began to change. And the Bible said he called for her. And when he called for her, she ran in and said, what is it? He said, let me tell you, you've been so kind to us. The food's so good. The room's so nice. Let us talk to the king or the commander of the army and move you to a better area. We've heard about a new subdivision going in. Got a nice pool. Water slide for the family. You know, all this cool stuff. Let us talk to someone on your behalf and move you. She, she stepped back and said, no, no, we, we dwell among our own people. I know it may look greener on the other side of the fence. Sometimes the grass does look greener. But sometimes you find out it's astroturf when you get over there. <laughs> it's not even real. She said, we dwell among our own people. What she was really saying is this. We perceive God is doing something. We're partnering together to make it happen. We're investing in what we think God is doing. We believe he is going to work right here. And the servant says, when told Elisha that, and he said, then what can we do for her? And then he says this, her husband is really old. I think he's being gracious to the lady because she's been doing all the cooking. He said her husband is really old. The Bible said he called for her a second time. And when she came, the Bible said, she stepped into a doorway. Not just any doorway, 
But it was a doorway that did not exist in the last season. It was a doorway that they built through perception. It was a doorway they built by faith. It was a doorway they built through worship and prayer. It was a doorway they invested in and took time in. It was a doorway they built through partnership. And the minute she stepped in, the man of God said this to her. He said, this time next year, you are going to have a son. Now, this word was so strong, it set her back. She said, please do not lie to me. You realize I've given up on this? Every time I look in the mirror, I'm reminded it's impossible. Every time I look at my husband, I realize it's impossible. Every time I hear other children playing in the neighborhood, I'm reminded of the impossibility. Every time I hear the snickering of other women in the marketplace and the, and their, and the talk, you know, they, they know that I'm barren. Every time I hear that, I remember it's impossible. But I love what the next verse says, at the appointed time. Some of you, you, you thought God said no, but he said, no, no, it's just not right now. At the right time, in the right season, I'm going to bring a breakthrough in your life. I know you've been waiting on me. I love what this verse says at the appointed time just like the man of God he said about this time next year why did he say about this time next year because he knew it was going to take at least nine months for them to have a child and they were going to have to prepare he said get a nursery ready put child locks on all the cabinet because when babies arrive they change everything what he was really saying was this old house is about to have new life there's going to be a fresh voice in this house and a fresh cry in this house and for some of you I believe God is saying this journey you're in that seems dry this journey that seems broken get ready this time next year you won't look the same your children will not look the same you have an appointment with destiny there's an appointment with destiny in your future everything I've said about you everything I've put in your heart everything that I've stirred in your spirit I'm going to bring it to pass he said it's your time look at your neighbor and say it's your time what have you been believing for? Sometimes they're public things because we tell everybody about them. Sometimes they're things we've hidden in our heart. Sometimes they're so grand, we, we're, we're afraid to tell anybody about what God has spoken to us. But when you believe that you have an appointment with destiny, it always costs you. It always takes others in your life. You will never arrive by yourself. You'll never do it on your own. But if you can get a hold of what God is doing and begin to perceive that he's doing something. I told you a few weeks ago about our story. And really this whole book came out of our story. I told you about being in the mountains of Nicaragua and perceiving that God was doing something. We invested in someone else's life. And ultimately God gave us this building through that. One of the busiest corners in the city of Tampa. And he just dropped us right here. And thousands of people came to City Life Church and became members of this house. And then he gave us our East Lake campus. And I'm believing for more in the future. But listen, but listen. It all starts by the perception that God is working. That God is doing something in your life. And God is doing something beyond what you know. It always happens when we take God at his word and say, God, I may not see it. It may seem impossible in the natural. 
I may not understand how you're going to do it and how it's going to work, but I do know this. You're a timeless and a spaceless God. You say, well, pastor, what does that mean? He steps into your crazy now. He covers your messed up yesterday and he stands in your prophetic tomorrow and pulls you into it. And that's what he does in our life. And the minute that the man of God passed by this broken couple that was living in a fruitless dry season, something began to stir in their spirit. I believe this. You can not go through a season like we just walked through and a season that we are coming out of, not just as the people of God, but the people of the earth and God not have a greater plan. It, nothing catches him off guard and nothing is ever wasted in the kingdom. He steps into a tomb four days late and said, move the stone. And even though people say, well, it, it's going to stink if we move the stone, he steps in and says, I do my best work in the middle of the stink where nobody else is willing to go. And he declares, Lazarus, come forth. And I believe for some of you, you thought it was over, but he's about to speak your name and he's about to declare your destiny and he's about to tell you and let you know that your greatest days and your best days are still in your future. Come on, put your hands together and give him praise. Stand to your feet today. You know, I have a couple daughters and we, we like to frequent the mall, and, and for my girls, they have a special calling to shop. I mean, I frequently hear, I have nothing. Oh, somebody else has heard that. Then you go in the room, you're like, really? Special calling on their life. You know, we're f creatures of habit. We go to one mall, and even though there's many malls in our city, we go to one mall. We park in the same spot. It's by one of our favorite restaurants, by a coffee shop, our favorite stores. You know, even if I'm going to meet them in the mall, most of the time I don't even ask where'd you park because we always park in the same spot. You know, where we park, there's this beautiful set of glass doors. Just this huge glass entryway, beautiful glass doors. But you know, I found out that those doors do not open when I pull into the parking lot of the mall. Those doors do not open when I pull in my parking spot. Those doors do not open when I get out of my car. Those doors do not open when I start walking towards the mall. But there is a place when I get close enough to the doors that I hit a sensor. And when I hit the sensor, I don't have to kick the doors open, pry the doors open, push the doors open. When I get close enough to the vicinity of where we're going, the doors just open. And for my two daughters, it's like the glory rolls out. Here's what I do know. When God is opening a door in your life, all you have to do is get in the right vicinity. And that door, even though it's been closed for a season, maybe in your marriage or with your children, maybe in your purpose or the destiny that God has called you to walk in, you get close enough to the door. It just begins to open. You know, I've sensed in my heart in the last few days that for some of us, God has been aligning. He's been connecting. The Bible said he called her and she stepped in to the doorway. She stood in a threshold. You know what the threshold is? It's the place of the doorway between the frames of the door. You're not yet in, but you're still out 
You're not where you're going, but you're not where you used to be. You've not stepped into the room in the season that you're headed to, but you've already stepped out of the season in the room you were in. Some of you are in the threshold right now. And God says you're about to hit the censer. And when you do what you've been waiting on, what you've been believing for, what you believe God has already spoken over your life, just begins to open. And you step through believing for more. Step in believing that the God that declared it is able to complete it. The God that created it is ready to deliver it. And nothing in the kingdom is ever wasted. He said, I work it all together for your good because you're called to a greater purpose. I want to pray over you today. Just close your eyes. Father, I declare today that we are people of purpose and people of destiny. And Father, we are moving, Father, to the greater. Father, we are walking and journeying, Father, to a place of more. We are believing, Father, that you have already declared it. So we are moving towards it with expectation. For those that are weary, Father, Father, just strengthen them. For those that feel broken, Father, Father, I pray that restoration would begin to work. Those that are discouraged, Father, just breathe and bring encouragement to their heart and spirit. For those, Father, that have no direction, Father, I pray you remind them that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And Father, as they take a step of faith, Father, I pray they hit the God sensor that you have put in place. And Father, I pray you would open a door so wide and so grand that they would not miss it. And that they know, Father, that you are working on the other side of the threshold. And Father, on the other side, there's a better marriage. Father, there's a blessing for their children. Father, there's provision for the vision of their life. And there's something greater that is calling them and pulling them. So Father, I declare today they are marked with blessing. I declare they are covered in purpose. Father, I believe, Father, that you have already strategically align them with the timing of the kingdom father and breakthrough is in their future so today I just cover them with a yes and an amen a promise father that has already been spoken and declared father so as the people of God we come into agreement and say amen and amen if you believe that now take those hands and put them together come on put them together come on y'all just declare and worship together before we go Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. And you can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today and we'll see you next time.